This is Khan Zenshu, the podcast episode 484 for the week of August 30th, 2020. Well, hello. Welcome back to Khan Zenshu. The podcast, yes. An extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. I forget. <laughs> it's been a while. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, th- I think it might be called Khan Zenshu. Pretty close, pretty close. Yes, uh, we cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. You really throw me out. I have that in such a muscle memory that any deviation from the flow of that, I can't pick back up where I was in that intro. Oh, I do Lord. like to keep you on your toes, but Yeah. My name is Mike. Uh, you may see me around Vegito EX. That voice, uh, Julian, uh, who are you again? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a guy actually back in Japan now. It's been an interesting year, I guess you could say. <laughs> <laughs> 12 years? I, I don't actually know how long. God, it's been. Uh, yeah, mm. so it's Mike and Julian. We got the, the OGs of the show coming at you for a podcast episode. I do want to note at the top of the show here, Julian, you're running into uh, recording, uh, I guess, technical difficulties. So while you're on your proper microphone, uh, it is not a local recording. So I'm going to do the best I can. Uh, but thank you. Yes, I'll try and work out the bugs later on. I don't know whether it's that my version of Audacity is not the latest one and it refuses to download the most recent one or something else. I have no idea. We'll figure it out. We will. We'll get there. Uh, so what's on tap this episode? Well, it's a combination wiki check-in of my own, plus a regular topic. We're going to do one of those. It's all one and the same. We are going to talk about the Hera clan, or perhaps the Heller family. We don't entirely know. We'll get to that. Uh, and then a bunch of your language-related questions from Twitter, which I solicited uh, last minute last night. I, I forgot right before I was going to bed. I was like, oh, I should ask for things, because that's what I wanted to do this episode. Because uh, I knew I would have Julian here, and I very much appreciate that julian it's been such a long time since you've been on the show i mean episodes themselves have been sporadic but uh i mean just the state of the world and us trying to coordinate time zones it is difficult uh yeah who are you again just a brief little introduction maybe we have new listeners who have never heard you before now yeah so i'm i'm a guy i'm a i guess you could say a founding member of Shu. i joined you what back in 2003 three-ish when I was just finishing up high school. Yeah, we we worked over the course of 2002 to uh, relaunch in 2003, that Daizen EX relaunch, yeah. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I've been kind of part of the, the site ever since. Uh, I had an abiding interest in Japanese language, and I studied that in college and learned the language and became fluent. I lived in Japan for the better part of the last decade and a half, minus a few years back in the U.S. I live in Japan. I have a family over here. I actually work officially doing uh, translation type work. I can't say too much because the thing that I'm working for hasn't officially launched yet, but it's nice to have stable employment, especially because the thing that I had been doing suddenly sort of evaporated uh, right when the pandemic was getting kind of crazy back in March. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I kind of want to ask about that. We, we've heard a lot from the, the U.S. side because that's who I've had on the show most recently. But uh, before we get into the thick of it, I mean, it's important. We're all family here. How the hell are you doing over there? What's uh, what's the state of Japan right now? Well, we're uh, hanging on. Um, basically, Japan went through its 
second wave over the course of June, July, and it's been tapering off over August. But it was still kind of unnerving, especially because Japan decided, okay, we're done with, you know, people staying home and all that. And I've been fairly happy about um, people in Japan in general sticking to mask wearing, which, I mean, it helps that people are generally not averse to wearing masks here anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is pretty miserable in the summer in a hundred degree heat. But yeah, uh, my kids are going back to school, which I have mixed feelings about, but they are pretty good about uh, things like mask wearing, social distancing. They even have face shields when they get close to each other. Yeah, that's kind of sort of encouraging, but you know, it's um, still kind of a numbers game in my head. Do I want to go to this place? Mm-hmm. How many people are going to be there? Are they going to be wearing masks? Think about it. I don't think we've really taken the kids anywhere special besides the park in over six months now. Woof. Yeah. All right. Well, stay good. Stay safe. Thanks. You too. Everyone. All right. Let's get on into it. Let's talk about the Hellers. Julian, this is one of those things. It's just this nebulous reference out there that no one really seems to be able to pin down. And this is one of those. All right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to find everything. (laughs) I'm going to put it all together, Mm -hmm. put it onto a page. The the Hera clan. uh, I feel like one of the most notable references is from Daizenshu 7, because that's just one of the things that people have the most of. Um, so <laughs> it's something that people have noticed, uh, as opposed to things like the theatrical attendee booklets. Those aren't as common as the Daizenshu. Uh, I feel well, like yeah. even things like the Animanga, which it's not in, uh, don't feel as common as the Daizenshu, even though they probably are significantly more common, especially considering all their, their re-releases. Um, so this is not the start of the Hera clan, but it's kind of like the start of our search um i do have the little thing in the our outline that we're following here um can you just pick out for me what it daizenshu 7 does say in this just tiny little blurb about the hera clan so is uh this sentence actually starts before you oh sorry (laughs) i took a square instead of a rectangle (laughs) yeah so it's it's a a long list of names uh combination of uh races that i think in the the series plus ones that appear in uh the various movies but the final one they have in here is hera ichizoku nado so basically there's a huge number of various uh races that occur that uh, appear from outer space basically <laughs> doesn't really get more precise than that yeah and then Hera is one of them, I guess. Yes, but that gets us to thinking, well, was that ever mentioned anywhere? Right. <laughs> so the the search continues, again, kind of backwards from there. This is Daizenshu 7, and we've seen a lot of stuff in the Daizenshu where they'll note things like, we've talked about this, there's a galactic police organization. Wait, is there? <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> right. <laughs> At what point did someone say that, and where did they say that? Uh, in the Daizenshu, sometimes they'll cite themselves. Like, they'll cite a prior Daizenshu that talked about something. But in a lot of these cases, there's no citation. They're not treating this as a, a wiki would or, or a fan site would, where we would say, all right, this is actually where this comes from. Now, unfortunately, right. we can cite Daizenshu 7, but then Daizenshu 7 doesn't cite where it comes from. So this is how we have to continue that search. So we, we go backwards. Yes. 
The earliest reference that I can find and that other people can find seems to be from Super Butoden 2, which is a Nintendo Super Famicom game from 1993. Uh, And even looking out across Japanese fan conversations, it seems we've all come to the same conclusion. Like, I don't know where that came from. Uh, This is the earliest we can find. Right. Um, So, I mean, again, I mean, we can try going back to the uh, movie attendee booklets, but not um, in there. <laughs> That's the no, thing. <laughs> I've looked. I, I guarantee you I've looked. Right. So it's it's kind of like a mystery. It is. It is. So uh, I I pulled out the... It's Kayo here. So, Julian, you're going to have to both read it and do your best Joji Yanami impression because, uh, you know, that's a requirement here. So in Super Butonin 2, it's kind of a story in uh, like three acts where it's kind of the end of the Cell games. And then we just get into some movie nine stuff, except with clones, <laughs> clone fighters instead of what actually happens in movie nine. And we got some follow up on that. And then if you're good, you uh, you fight Broly. Um, but so this is just part of the, the story mode in Super Butoden 2. Uh, I happen to be playing as Trunks and then Zanga shows up and she starts talking about, Hey, they're galactic warriors. And so we have Goku talking with Kaio here and Kaio's like, Hey, wait a second. So take it away. Okay. And I apologize in advance for my terrible impression and, uh, please don't take offense. Mukashi ginga ju wa arashimawatta haira ichizoku no ikinokori ja. So it's it's kind of like the story of what we know from movie nine, where they put a seal right. and he died and the seal was broken. But wait a second, we got this Herat clan in here. Right. Yeah. Hmm, and, and he just says it in just like passing. Yeah, this clan. And then we, we get the rest of the, the thing with the seal and, and the story there. Um, no additional commentary on it, references to it. Any other time they talk, they just continue to talk about the Ginga Senshi, the Galactic Warriors. Uh, nothing more about the Heraclan. So then, you know, I want to continue the search. I, I looked over in the the strategy guide, the, the game guide for Super Butoden 2, which I know I'm appreciative you picked up for me at some point. And I'm flipping through oh, yeah. there and it doesn't say anything for Bojack, but I, I it does for Zangya. And I think that's because... It's in reference to Zangya in the story mode. So the writers of the game guide were like, well, this is the place to put it. And really all it says there is just one sentence and it moves on to other stuff. It's like, yeah, a survivor of the Heraclan, you know, it's the female galactic warrior Zangya. That's it. That's all you get. <laughs> Basically, yeah. So again, I want to continue the search. I do have the pamphlet for uh, Dragon Ball Z Movie 9. And I forget what was it? Yu Hawk Show at the same time? I forget what's on the back cover. Oh, uh, it's been ages. What aired uh, <laughs> alongside it. Uh, and I'm flipping through there. I'm looking at everyone's character profiles. I'm looking at some of the extra columns. I mean, so I'm not fluent, but you know, it's very easy to see what Hera Ichizoku looks like. I can look through everything and read very, very slowly. Uh, I don't see any references to it there. And again, Japanese fans are also like, we don't see any references to it in, in things that we would expect, like the theatrical pamphlets, like the film anime comic. It's not in right. there. I mean, there are people who are just as hardcore about this stuff in yeah. Japan and they haven't found anything either. So <laughs> so I, I do question. All right. So is there a weekly jump or a V jump from 1993 with these references? We don't own every issue, 
But like you said, plenty of people do, and plenty of people are just as crazy about this. And if it were to be in there, it seems odd that it wouldn't have surfaced yet. Uh, it reminds me of things like the henchmen from movie three and movie five who did get extra background stories. And I know we've talked about this on the podcast in the past, but the movie right. three characters, their background stories were mentioned in the movie pamphlet. Uh, the movie five characters, their backstories were mentioned in Weekly Shonen Jump. That stuff did get mentioned elsewhere. And Heraclan so far seems to not get any background information but just continues to get referenced <laughs> to this day right. without any further exposition. It's so strange that it seems like, you know, Julian, you and I talked about um, some of the interviews from the 30th anniversary, the super history book. Uh, they were talking about the development between super Butodem one and two uh, Toriyama couldn't do the special moves in one. So they made it a little easier in two and the, <laughs> the, uh, the time frame on the development on these games, such a quick turnarounds, like nine months for between a couple of them. Uh, they were talking about the late right. night development sessions where they're getting faxes and deliveries at like 1 a.m. because they got to turn things around. We, you know, we got to get this game done. And I feel like someone just wrote Hera Ichizoku on some background information for someone like, yeah, yeah, put that in the story mode. We, we got to make a story mode for this game. So put it in there. And that's all we got. That's all anyone got. Right. So it's it's unclear who exactly would have come up with this term, whether it was the developers themselves, mm. whether they got a note from Toei Animation. Right. Is this a Koyama thing? Like maybe, maybe Takao Koyama is the originator of Heracland. We will never know unless someone asks him and he'll, he won't remember. And I mean, Toriyama, of course, came up with the character designs for these uh, characters, but we don't know exactly what his involvement was beyond that. Typically, Takao Koyama himself Mm -hmm. would write out the backstories and unless Toriyama had a hand in, you know, tinkering with the names and what right revising something yeah yeah i mean he wouldn't have much of a say yeah all we have to go on at this point is really just the name itself so julian can can we break this down so it's hera and that's an elongated uh ah sound at the end there uh and then ichizoku ichizoku we've had before with other groups and families and stuff yes so an ichizoku would be a clan or I suppose you could even make it a tribe, although often in Japanese they use buzoku for that. Mm, yeah. So a clan seems to fit pretty pretty well and uh, lines up with some other usages in the series. So that seems pretty clear cut. So Hera, this is the the weird thing. So we always think, all right, let's look at the, the name puns for the characters because maybe it relates to that. And this is a conversation we'll get to in a little bit with some Galactic Patrol stuff with some of the Twitter questions. So Julian, what are the name puns for movie nine villains? It's like uh, evil and uh, <laughs> just, just bad, wow. bad dudes. So you have, what is it? Bojaku uh, Bujin, which yeah. is to act audaciously and without restraint, like no one's there, like no, no one else is there. Yeah. Gokuaku Hido, which means outrageously evil and heinous, and then you have Zangyaku, which is also similar. So these are what we know. Yeah. I mean, given that, I mean, one might be drawn to the conclusion that it's well, like hell plus er. Yeah, like yeah. They are. Hellions, if you were to localize it. Right. And it it doesn't quite sound so strange in Japanese. Mm. Like there's... uh, I've seen that proposed by some Japanese folks as well. And I read it, I'm like, yeah, 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 but no, I don't know. Right. I mean, it's it's a known thing with precedent in Japanese. I think it's more common in Okinawa, which 
had mm. sustained contact with the English language for uh, for various reasons. Uh, but it's it wouldn't be unheard of in in standard Japanese either. What about I, I see this proposed a lot. Uh, Hera, the the goddess, <laughs> and and maybe this is the closest I could find. But to a, a nebula named for her, and I'm like, well, that's galactic, I guess. I guess kind of, sort of. <laughs> but like, that's like the, the, I don't know Japanese, I'm stretching to find something kind of answer. And I feel like that's probably not appropriate. Right. It's like, uh, it's like the old fan theories about uh, uh, Genki Dama coming from a term for an electric rice cooker, which is Denki Gama. Yeah, yeah. Which it sounds similar, but the syllables don't really work out as a pun in Japanese, so mm-hmm. probably not. So it's it's one of those things where you maybe, as a, a fan that doesn't speak Japanese, it seems more likely than it probably is. Pretty much. I mean, throwing out some Japanese policy, uh, possibilities, there's yeah. always, if you want to have something that's food adjacent, it could be hera as in spatula or uh if we want to stretch the kind of name pun series they have like hera hera warateru means like to laugh yeah i saw hera hera and sort of foolishly yeah like so sort of connecting back to bojaku bujin mm-hmm. which is acting sort of crazy like nobody else is around it could be just acting thoughtlessly and laughing like an idiot yeah. but it doesn't quite seem to go either, so I don't know. The only other thing we can say about the the Hera clan, the Heller tribe family, uh, they continue to reference this to this day, again, without any further exposition or embellishment on it. Um, that line of chocolates that came out in the lead up to Dragon Ball Super Broly, uh, Bojack had <laughs> one in there and it mentions the Hera Ishizoku on there. Uh, Dokkan right. Battle, there's some uh, links between some of your characters, the, the Hera clan link. Um, even the, the character profile for Bojack in the Super Dragon Ball Heroes promotional anime, the first sentence of his profile on that page says he's the leader of the Hera Ishizoku, you know, this clan of galactic warriors. Oh, okay. I, I guess we're all still going with this, even though we don't have anything else to go on. And that's where we pretty much have to leave it. <laughs> there's there's nothing else. Uh, again, it, it's still referenced and named uh, the official localization. The only time we've gotten it in English, so to speak, is in Dokkan Battle. And they go with H-E-R-A, uh, Hera Clan. Uh, I, th- I think that's probably what we're going to go with in- until we come up with anything else uh, or-, or are told from an authoritative source what it is. Uh, I do want to give some thanks as well to uh, one of our-, our latest victims. And by victims, I mean volunteers, not quite volunteer, recruited volunteer, uh, Zenpai. Uh, thank you so much. He's been uh, helping out as well with some of the translation stuff um, for me on Heraclan as well. Uh, but oh, yes. also a whole bunch of uh, other people for uh, the, the wiki it's just been such an, an incredible help getting in there just being like does this just say what i think it says i i'm so thankful for that although the funny thing is it seems like the more people we add the the less the the pile goes down because we just get more stuff yeah like we got more people <laughs> give them more <laughs> oh yeah, so the backlog is the backlog and it will get through it some year yeah may not be in our lifetimes but we'll do it all right. So <laughs> look, my, my daughter at 10 years old is now pretty much fully fluent in both languages. So maybe right. she'll take up the mantle someday. Oh, so we're going to leave the Hera Ichizoku there. and We're going to take it over to your questions with Julian. 
All right, we got a bunch of questions. We can't possibly answer them all, uh, and some of them may actually turn into their own topics. Ian, I'm looking at you, and you've re self-recruited yourself to talk about that at some point. So let's go through what we can talk about. Uh, we I just asked on Twitter. This is uh, Konzenshu on Twitter late last night again. Uh, your questions, we're going to be talking about language stuff, so what do you got? Uh, let's see, Demon Rin here says, A look at how Piccolo, Bulma, etc. refer to Goku and why. Son versus Son-kun versus Goku. I want to play a clip for you here from uh, Dragon Ball GT episode 63. This is one of my favorite things. I'm sure I've talked about this. It's a whole bunch of characters all in a line. This is after the uh, the big Genki Dama all searching for and looking for him. But Julian, I, I mean, a lot of this is familiarity, um, honorifics. Yeah. Uh, it kind of runs the gamut for Goku because he's one of the original characters. So we have people who right. were childhood contemporaries all the way up through grandkids. Right. And the way that Bulma refers to Goku is very much in the manner as uh, someone who's school age might refer to a younger school age person. Yeah. So uh, if you're... Not super close friends, which I mean, they kind of weren't at the beginning. It makes sense that she would use his surname rather than his personal name. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of Stuck. like Toriyama just ran with it. Yeah. Uh, on Piccolo, on the other hand, he he uses Goku's surname as Son, but he also uh, refuses to use any kind of honorific. <laughs> right. It's, uh, you'll be stay. So he's showing both uh, sort of uh, distance and um, very much disrespect as well. It's like a, a distanced, respectful dis disrespect, I feel. Kind of. It, it evolves into that, certainly. And whereas, uh, on the other hand, Kuridin, having been a fellow disciple of the turtle hermit, is very familiar and basically just calls him Goku, yep. which is also a form of yobiste, not using any kind of honorific. But in this case, it shows that they are just that close. How about something like Tosan versus Otosan? Mm, well, that, in some respects, can also be depending on the kid. Yeah. Uh, especially with young girls, Papa mm. might be more common with younger girls, especially now compared to even when Dragon Ball was on in the, but things like Otosan is a bit more formal and probably reads as more formal now than it even did 30 years ago. Interesting. Tosan is more casual. You might even hear Tolchan. I was going to say, I, I think uh, Chi Chi, she refers to the Ox Demon King as Oto. Uh, yes. And that's also possible. And, but again, Chi Chi is kind of. Right. <laughs> Gokusa. Well because, How about yes, Gokusa? She, she, she speaks kind of in dialect. Uh, reading back through the original Dragon Ball, it was actually a sort of a quite thick pastiche of a, a northern Tohoku, like the northern tip of Honshu type accent. Yeah. It becomes more standardish over the course of the series while maintaining a few pronunciation quirks mm -hmm. and grammar quirks. Like she uses da after verbs and adjectives, which is done in the Tohoku dialect, but not standard Japanese. Gotcha. But in, in general, yeah, she's kind of non-standard and does her own thing. All right, let's go on to the next one. Some guy at, and, and I'm a J. 
Uh, a discussion of pun approaches <laughs> would be cool. Is, is it too far to take someone like Majikayo and change the name to Sirius Lee, or do we just accept not everything will come across in the translation? I do want to point out here, check out podcast um, 472 from last April. Julian, you and I talked about some uh, like evolving name pun spellings right. and things we've done <laughs> over time. Um, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind for me is the boob arc of Viz's English translation of the manga, where we get um is it idasa and ikose and one of them has their name uh, adapted as the word lame with a couple letters flipped i think it is and the other wasn't uh, that's uh. the kind of approach for something like majikayo uh, and when we say seriously we're spelling it out s-i-r-i-u-s like the name serious i suppose uh, mm. and the name lee as opposed to the word seriously because that's you know making a yeah. joke uh, in our language on that word that's very much the the quote-unquote localization of a name right was that actually used or is that I, his thing because i i don't i remember. don't think so. you're asking someone who only watched it in japanese so i i really like that actually i i do as, too as a localization <laughs> i think that's an awesome localization for that name i don't know if they did that that's, that's perfect uh if they were to do that though um but we haven't historically had a lot of localized name puns uh this is right this is boo arc is some of the only that have done it like pocus for pui pui as well right i mean probably few few people in the u.s would or other English-speaking countries be familiar with the uh, chichin pui pui itai no itai no tondeke achi no yamae tondeke. <laughs> so yeah, so you'd want something a little bit more familiar, perhaps. Oh, I mean, I, I feel like as as I've become more comfortable with Japanese, I feel a bit more of an inclination towards localizing some of these things than I maybe would have when I was starting out. Uh huh. Um, and I don't know if that's an age thing or a familiarity with a language thing. Or... It's, it's a comfort with it. It's like you, you feel like you do have the knowledge to get it across more than before. Uh, I, I think you, it's tough. I mean, it really depends on the context. And Dragon Ball is so different from, for the most part, like you watch a lot of other anime. It's just like, that's a name. And yeah, Japanese names, you have meanings behind them. Akira Toriyama. I mean, all of those things in there, Bird Mountain, you know, they have meanings to them. Um, but Dragon Ball's just so different. And, and as it continues to evolve into the modern day with all these different kinds of names, I feel like you, yeah. you kind of lose no matter what you do. Right. And it, it becomes uh, almost a, a challenge of sorts. And that sometimes the, like, especially in the age of simul pubs yeah. and releases where you don't know what's coming up, it's uh -huh. easy to fall into a trap of, oh, I think it's probably this only to have other permutations prove you're wrong. So yeah, a, lot, yeah. a lot of, a lot of people with the universe six arc assumed that Otamagetta was a play on like Mazinga Zetto. I mean, we thought that at first too. Auto or something. Yes. But then uh, down the line, you have uh, another name for uh, another character in the same sort of... Yeah, Coiter. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you, you realize that uh, it's a pun on being like flabbergasted or astounded. Otamagetta. But maybe... You know, you don't realize that at first when they're just there and you have nothing else to go on. So that's a, it's kind of a challenge for the translator. I suppose if you want to be um, 
sort of 1984-y, you can use the digital medium to your advantage to change things and make everything perfectly in line with itself. But sure. uh, I don't know. I think uh, a certain pride at getting it right the first time might prevent that as well. <laughs> uh, one uh, example I had thrown your way, and this wasn't official because this thing has never been translated officially, and that's Gia. Um, as, as I've been working on stuff for the wiki, I really wanted to make sure I got everything right. So it was primarily mm-hmm. relying on the Japanese text. Uh, and I threw this your way, Julian, the Furui Bunsho, uh, the the yes. the typical scanlation out there adapted it as ancient scrolls. Uh, unfortunately, Gia never went beyond where it was, so we couldn't get any more context on that. But we've certainly now had more in the Galactic Patrol. Uh, and it really feels like the Galactic Patrol didn't have ancient scrolls, but more just like old reports and you decide let, right. it's just old documents. That's, that's what it is. It, it's basic, but that seems to be what it would be. Right. And again, it's, it's the kind of thing where it's uh, maybe a kind of license, but yeah, you also have to sort of imagine, well, what kind of organization is this? It's a police organization. Well, yeah. how far back do they go where they have been using scrolls? Because obviously in humanity's case, it went from scrolls to the codex which was useful because you could not have to unroll it every time that you opened it yeah. to find your place. And then after that, of course, digital media. So of course now they'd be using digital media, but well, how far back does it go? Yeah. So it's, I don't know, there's, there's some franchises where they have interstellar base-faring populations with very outdated technology otherwise. It just didn't so, feel yeah, right here. Yeah, it's it's a nuanced thing, and it's very much up to the translator in this case, an unofficial translator. <laughs> right. All right, we're going to move on. We got a bunch of questions. I'm actually going to strike some of these and turn them into topics. So thank you, everyone. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. This one comes from uh, I don't know how to say this. Jakaginsa. Uh, is there any etymological connection between the ten in Goten's name and the ten in Muten Roshi? I know Goten has a meaning which ties into the Son family naming scheme, but I'm curious if there's a possible secondary meaning. Uh, it's the same heaven, right? Um, basically, it's used in different ways depending on the person. Okay. So, of course, if we go into Muten Roshi, if we break it down kanji by kanji, the Mu is uh, the the also Bu in Budo, mm-hmm. uh, martial arts. Ten can mean the heavens, but a secondary meaning is also God. Uh, a lot of uh, Buddhist or Hindu deities that were absorbed into the Japanese pantheon of the Kami are treated that way. Okay. Like uh, Bishamonten or Tamonten. Those, uh, so that would be uh, how it's interpreted. For example, in the in the uh, English version of the comic, that they call him the god of martial arts, right? Uh, and Roshi means uh, like a venerated teacher. It's uh, very much uh, a word in its own right. It's his name in essence is a title, and also his his other name is also a title. So getting <laughs> right. to Goten. So uh, I don't know. I don't remember. I should say whether Toriyama addressed it directly, but basically Goten is taking Goku. The Ku in Goku originally, if you go back to Journey in the West, means emptiness. But in Japan specifically, it has a meaning of sky. So basically you're taking the word that means sky in Japanese, taking it out and putting the word 
that more directly means sky in both Chinese and Japanese. So you have Goten. Actually, yeah, I pulled it out here from Dragon Ball Forever. This is something Jake translated a while back. Uh, the characters have the meaning of understanding the heavens, which is uh, on an even bigger scale than Goku, understanding the sky and various other interpretations. Yes. So uh, Toriyama is going via a very much Japanese-centric interpretation there. Uh, in Journey to the West itself, of course, it's given a Taoist interpretation. Mm -hmm. And as I, as I said, the, the Ku in Goku doesn't have the meaning of sky in Chinese. So, and uh, Goten is interesting because if you go on to Dragon Ball GT, at the beginning of the series, he has a date <laughs> with, yes. a, with a girl named Palace. And there's another word in Japanese, Goten, with completely different kanji, which means palace. So her name is a reference to his name which is a reference to something else. Yeah. I feel like fan subs um, traditionally adapted that as Paris, which is, is a given female first name. So you know, they probably <laughs> just didn't know. So they went with that. But yeah, if, if you really want to go with it, it, it should be Palace. That's great. So yes, they are distantly connected, but not like officially within the series any kind of way. And in terms of meaning, they have different meanings. Uh, I'm going to switch around the order of some of these. Let's see. So uh, at one underscore RJO, uh, old Dragon Ball had more Japanese name puns or references like Inashikacho, for example, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, do you yes. think that modern Dragon Ball made a conscious effort not to include such things because Dragon Ball is now much more an international property? I, I do want to kind of like chime in before Julian, whatever you got, um, that a lot of that was uh, filler material, actually, in the original Dragon Ball. I think of Inashikacho. You know, she could show I'm not getting it right there. Right. Um, some of my favorite filler is the um, Ginkaku and Kinkaku, which comes from Journey to the West. I've talked about that a lot. Um, right. And once we get past that, the, the that filler material, I feel like they, yeah, it's typically just doubling down on food stuff or, or other groups. And I mean, again, you get into the meta thing. Well, of course, it's a work of fiction, but it exists within the real world. So, of course, of course, the people who are working on it are going to pull from things that they know and are familiar with. Yeah. And even even Toriyama did things like uh, reference real world movies with a poster of, I think, American Graffiti. Uh, a later later on, there was a different movie poster in Bulma's room in the Red Ribbon arc. One that I remember, of course, is Ninja Murasaki having uh, and a slightly slightly modified American flag as his right accidental non camouflage. So, of course, you're going to have some real world references, but especially real world Japanese references tend to be more common in the animated material. Whereas yeah. Toriyama would, you know, mention things like takoyaki, which is, you know, it's a food that exists in Japan. It's not more widely known, but it is a thing. But then again, in the Dragon Ball Super TV show, you have takoyaki, which appears as itself. Going back to an earlier question, you also have Majikayo. <laughs> I mean, so that right. So again, it's it's some of it is where do you draw the line? Are you talking real world things, real world currency, real world references to like current events? Because obviously, language itself is full of cultural references, whether you want it to be or not. Mm -hmm. And it's a very much a, a judgment call. I mean, it's like the the bane of people who write fantasy going through their works with a fine tooth comb. And, oh, someone said, hold your horses. Well, horses don't exist in this universe. Uh, so, hmm. Right, right. Yeah, I feel like we'd really have to just pull out every name that's ever been used and break it down kind of like by decade or even half decade and really do this analysis of do they truly not use uh, these kinds of 
like Japanese or Chinese literature references any more or less than they used to. Uh, my gut is that it's primarily anime edition stuff in the old series. And now right. that we just get into for Dragon Ball Super specifically, I mean, once we get beyond you know, Beerus and, and Frieza and even some of the universe six stuff, which again, some yeah. of those were even based on, on prior precedents. Once we get into yes. the tournament of power, they got to come up with groups of things and it's easier to be like, uh, kitchen stuff right so it's it's very much that kind of mindset so and as you know as, as it's been it's made in japan primarily for a japanese audience it's not to say that they don't consider foreign audiences that's part of the reason that such has been toned down over the, the years even as a lot of foreign markets do less toning down of that stuff in general but at the same time it's you know, it's made for its primary audience, and that's kind of the stuff that you're going to get. Oh, and I should probably mention before we go on, Inoshikacho is a specific hand in the Hanafuda cards. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a wild boar, a deer, a butterfly, and my kids have tried to teach me it, and I kind of fail at it, so I don't know. <laughs> well, you just explain man bear pig back to them, and, you know, we'll have a great conversation. Okay. <laughs> Sure, why not? Uh, I like this question. CS Maniac 33. Why do you use the translated name for digest editions, the Soshuhen, but don't translate Tankobon, Kansenban, Daizenshu, etc.? So I, I find this interesting because I do catch myself and, and it's actually purposeful. When we do use those phrases, especially on the podcast, I tend to double it up. Like I will say the Tonkobon, the collected edition. I will say things like the Kanzenban, the, the 2002 re-release. Like I'll, I'll yeah. explain what it is because I think that's helpful. Um, my gut reaction to this would be, well, when the Soshuhen came out, we had a chance at that exact moment, this is something you were talking about earlier with like the simulpubs, to right. give it a translation and, and be able to refer to it versus something like Tankobon, which I feel like you can say that to any anime fan who's been in it for a little bit. They know what a Tankobon or a tank is. Um, that's just like <laughs> built into our DNA. That's some of it, yes. And I, th I think, too, uh, some of it has to do with the ages we were when we started referring to these things. Sure, yeah. Uh, the Kanzenban, or I, I should say the complete edition. Yeah, which we we will put in in quotes, like in the guide for it. We'll explain what it is immediately after using it for the first time. Right. And that was released 2002, 2003. That was when I was like just starting to learn the language in earnest. Mm -hmm. So at that moment, I was probably priding myself on knowing myself. What knowing what Yeah. Um, and not so much concerned with, you know, translating it into a form that would be more accessible to non-speaking audiences. So I don't know. It's, it's again, it's an age thing. It's a comfort level with the Japanese. It's uh, maybe a fan generational thing as well. Yeah. I also feel like Tonko Bone, that's global across everything. And it's not a Dragon Ball word. It's just kind of a no, it's almost become a loan word at this point. Um, con <laughs> there are Kanzenban for other series as well. So you can refer to Kanzenban specifically. Um, and if you just said like a complete edition of Dr. Slump, well, do you just mean like you have all 18 volumes or, or do you mean the Kanzenban specifically? I, I feel like using the original word does give a little bit of extra clarity to it. And maybe that's just a backwards justification for it. Um, but I think it is a little helpful. I think so. Yeah. That's sort of our answer. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, 
I like this one. This comes from the second letter B. Is it at all likely that the character whose name has been rendered by most, I would say not by most, I would say only by us, as Shirasu got his name from the coelacanth, which, uh, what is that in Japanese? So from the very start, when Shirasu was uh, revealed and then almost immediately re-revealed as Silas in the uh, the English localization, we uh. really thought that it came just directly from what white bait, which is just Shirasu, just without the elongated uh, she in there. Mm. Can I, we've written a, a large post about the Galactic Patrol name puns, but Julian, why would you? This is interesting because Shirasu is the original. Um, is it the original Galactic? Not the original Galactic Patrolman, the original Time Patroller. Um, this is all yeah. Dragon Ball Heroes lore here. Um, so like, oh, it's the original one. So maybe like Silicanth is talking back to, uh, you know, just being old and like ancient. Uh, I really feel like. It probably is just straight up Shirasu and, and not that. Yes. And the main reason is because it fits with the other members of the Galactic Patrol, at least as they exist in Dragon Ball. Yeah, because it's not just fish. Yes. So we have, uh, it's, it's basically the kinds of fish that are either dried and eaten on their own or as a topping for rice. So the one who would start this name pun series would be Jocko himself. Jaco Tidimen Tempibossi. This is referring referring to a kind of dried fish called uh, Chidimen Jaco, uh, which they're dried, they're sort of crinkly. You put them on top of rice. Uh, his last name in particular would also refer to Tempiboshi, which means drying them out in the sun, naturally. And then this is also seen in uh, the continuation of the Dragon Ball Super in comic form. Uh, with the Galactic Patrolman Merus, which is probably based on Surumeika, which is dried squid strips that you could eat on your on their own. So again, you have this dried seafood thing that you could use. Now, in contrast to that, Shirasu, it, when it's served on rice, is generally not dried. But uh, Shirasu themselves, when they are dried, become Chirimen Jako. So, so it just seems like the, mm, it, it's too close of a connection to not likely be that. Right. So it, that's probably what it is. There's one question here that I was I, I thought we would do here, and we're just going to do this as its own episode um, from PAC 67035906. Maybe... <laughs> I hope those numbers have some significance to you because that's that's a name uh, all about Arlia. Uh, I want to do that as its own episode. So stay tuned for all that. So we're going to have a, a couple last questions here and we'll start wrapping things up. Uh, I just need this every once in a while from Fright Buster. I don't really have a question for you guys, but I've been listening to the podcast for 10 plus years and love it. So here's to many more years of your show. Uh, clinking beer mugs uh, <laughs> icon there as well. Right. So thank you so much. I, I definitely appreciate that. Yes. Um, and we'll do one last question here. This is from on the intergoog who follows it up the the question by saying you're all cowards if you don't answer this by the way truly a foundational question of the online western dragon ball fandom i absolutely agree and i think it's so significant that this is what we need to end the episode with uh so julian from on the intergoog here bururi no sentori okwa mm so da ne ma tonikaku mm muskashii na tai kara na ai shiite iu nara tabun mugen Mugendai,
there you have it. Uh, you know, get get your other wikis out. I think you've got a citation right there. That's everything you need. Uh, Julian, thank you so much for for taking the time. I know it's late now, and then you had the, <laughs> the microphone issues, but yeah. it's always a pleasure to chat, man. Yeah, it's nice catching up like this. We need to do it more often. It kind of takes the uh, edge agreed. off the pandemic. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. So, again, there's so many more questions. There were more short ones that we just didn't get to as well. Uh, more long ones. I'm going to turn into their own episodes. Um, so let me just say what else we got going on these days. We do have some game streaming that has been occurring. Uh, some of it is combined with wiki work and other times like uh, the other day, it's just to have fun. We've been doing some drawful to community streaming. That's just fun. Uh, I've been doing this on my personal Twitch channel, uh, but the game streams are also being uploaded to the Consensu YouTube channel. Uh, so far, there are two of them. Uh, I played through the story mode as uh, Goku in Dragon Ball Z 2 Super Battle, the arcade game. Uh, and then I played through the story mode in Super Butoden 2 for the site for the Heraclan stuff, which you're hearing all about now. So uh, it's all just fun stuff. Trying to get some work done while also uh, distracting ourselves just a tiny little bit to have fun in this fucked up world here. Absolutely. Uh, Hey, so I, I want to keep taking questions. I, I definitely encourage people to tweet at us. That's a, a great way to get them in. Remember when we used to take emails? Remember when that existed? I would love oh, to yeah. do that again. I totally forgot that I set this up months ago. Podcast at consenshu.com. Remember we used to do that at dicex.com? At consenshu.com. Podcast at consenshu.com. You send an email there. We will consider it for the podcast. I always love taking the questions. Uh, if it's a short question, cool. We'll throw it in a Q and a at the end of an episode when we do that. Uh, if it's uh, a long question, maybe we'll turn it into a, a topic for the show. Uh, I, I know not everyone's on social media, but uh, you, you probably have an email address somewhere. So podcast at consensu.com. That's that. Um, let's wrap it up. I know you got to go to bed, Julian. People can follow you at Saya Jedi on Twitter and then consensu the website. That is correct. So, yes, we're at Konzenshu. If you know what a web browser is and you can put in those letters, you can do www.kanzenshu.com. Uh, so that's Julian. I'm Mike. You can find me, Vegito E-X. That's V-E-G-E-T-T-O-E-X. And likewise, at Konzenshu.com, which is the aforementioned K-A-N-Z-E-N-S-H-U-U.com in case you need uh, a reminder on that. Rewind the tape. What was that URL? Uh, So thank you, everyone. Thank you, Julian. Thank you, Heath. Thanks all of our our wiki folks. Uh, Thanks to Jake because we referenced some of your stuff here on the episode as well. Uh, We will see you next time. Have a lovely day, lovely week uh, as best you can in this world. Uh, We're thinking of you. We're hoping the best for you. Um, That's that. Have a good one. Hey,